The Jericho Network on Westwood One. This is One on One with Mitch LaFond, the podcast where the rockers talk, part of the Talking Metal Digital Podcasting Network. Now, here's your host, Mitch LaFond. Welcome to One on One with Mr. Fauna. Joining me on this episode, it is singer Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, or should I say, formerly of Twisted Sister. We talk about his new solo album, We Are the Ones, The Fair Play, Fair Pay Act, and a whole lot more. Before checking that out, please check me out on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, one-on-one, Mitch Lafon on Facebook, and paypal.me forward slash Mitch Lafon, should you care to support the podcast. Also, head over to TalkingMetal.com. That is where this podcast resides and many others. So please don't uh, forget to check that out, TalkingMetal.com. And now, without further ado, here is the one, the only, D. Snyder. We are speaking with D. Snyder. The new album is "We Are the Ones." Uh, always a pleasure, D. Um, just always great. It's just always fun to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, Mitch. And there's a lot of good stuff going on. So, uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the album, and then we can get into all the other stuff, including uh, Twisted Sisters' last show that is coming up. I guess on uh, uh, Saturday, right? This Saturday, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that after, but. Uh, the the album we are the ones um definitely a departure from some of the stuff you've done before some fans are going to love it some fans are going to hate it some might just simply be confused um talk to me a little bit about putting this album together and what you were trying to say cuz you know when you listen to a song like rule the world or head like a hole that's not exactly i want to rock so what was the statement um, I wasn't trying to make I Want to Rock. I was trying to not make I Want to Rock. Uh, you know, um, with the uh, end of Twisted Sister, I, I was really closing the door on the, uh, the musical, the touring, the, the, the uh, recording uh, element of my career. Um, I hadn't done any new music in a very long time, uh, in decades. Yeah, there was, you know, to Helen Back which partially led to this record, as a matter of fact, which I'll get to. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, I not uh, pursued trying to write uh, new music for Twisted Sister or trying to write music, uh, period. And uh, I was closing the door until I met uh, producer-songwriter Damon Ranger, uh, just a chance meeting on a radio show in Chicago, uh, and uh, on the way out, when we were just saying goodbye to each other, he just he turned to me and said, "You know, with the right music, D. Snyder could have a whole new audience, and an appeal, and and and, and you know, appeal to a new audience, and uh, have a place in the contemporary music scene." And I looked at him like he uh, was out of his mind. And I said, "Really?" And he goes, "I, I said, he goes, yeah." He goes, you're iconic. You're the voice of rebellion. He says, you're incredibly well-known. And he says that for the last 30 years, you've catered to a very small percentage of the music community, hair metal, classic rock metal fans. He goes, you, and he says, and there's all these people out there who are D. Snyder, aware of D. Snyder and are fans of D. Snyder for your work on television and radio and movies, and you've done nothing to reach out to them musically. He says, and your message is eternal. 
the message of rebellion, you are the voice of rebellion. So I said, that's interesting, and I literally walked away. Months later, I decided to try my hand at doing some new music, had uh, uh, written and recorded to Helen back. I was playing it for my wife and Suzette, who's been with me since day one, my biggest fan and my biggest critic. And uh, she was, uh, and I played it, and she had no reaction. I said, "You don't like it?" She goes, "No, it's fine. It's just, it's just the same old thing." I said, "Well, I'm the same old person." And she goes, "Well, isn't there somebody who can help you do something new?" And I said, "Well, I met this guy a few months ago who said he he wanted to do something." She said, "Well, f and call him." <laughs> that was her exact words. And uh, I called the DJ Man Cow. He gave me Damon's number. I reached out to Damon, and we moved forward from there right 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 now um do you want to talk at all about man cow and damon just in, in the sense that after all no. Of this happened no okay it's, was... it's, it's it's i mean there's it, you know man cow and damon had a thing at the local level they was a producer right um you know and uh and and the bottom line with producers is they're the men behind the curtains right. uh you know uh what all i care about i'm, re, I'm a results-oriented guy and when uh, I met Damon, uh, whatever credits he had or credentials he brought, uh, that meant nothing to me. It meant, uh, the whole thing was uh, execution. Um, uh, what do you got in mind? And he, and, and he brought me We Are The Ones, and we recorded that. I said, all right, I, 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 I get that. We Are The Ones, it's got my message. I've got a punk, uh, you know, there'd be no Twisted Sister without Sex Pistols, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, you know, I've got a punk leanings myself, so this is more punk-driven. I, I, cool, I like that. What else you got? And then we moved and we recorded the next two songs. And from there, we got both a national and international record deal. So and people believed. So it was piece by piece, step by step, song by song. There was never court blanche or just like hand the, hand the uh, reins over and say, okay, you drive, and I'll just sit back here and, you know, do whatever you want. So, um... To me, it's uh, everything on the record I participated in, mostly on a lyrical level, uh, and uh, and I was you know involved in the process uh, in a very big way. So uh, that's all that, that's all that matters to me musically. Now, as far as the music goes, um, I the goal was make a contemporary rock record, something to appeal to a temporary rock contemporary rock audience. So I knew going in. Uh, and I am a fan of contemporary rock. I'm a fan of the Foo Fighters. I'm, you know, uh, I love new music. Um, I, I knew going in that I was turning my back, so to speak, on uh, on you know my old audience. But I knew that those who were open to a wider range of music uh, would give it a shot, and um, you know, and uh, come with me if they liked it. And then I knew and, and appreciated that there are you know diehard fans of 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 you know old music and did nothing to do to change their minds anyway and I get that you know that's it's their it's it's it the music that defines them and they're not going to be fans of anything else. Okay, so so talk to me then about building a new audience because I'm I'm thinking of Canadian bands here like Platinum Blonde and Harem Scare. They went to radio with new singles, and radio went, eh, and so they changed their name to Rubber, and they changed their name to Number 9, and it was the same band, and the same song, and then radio went, okay, we'll take it. Do you think you're going to encounter something like that, where a radio station, whether it's in Chicago or in Wisconsin, will say, 
Yeah, you know, you're not the Foo Fighters, you're not Imagine Dragons, you're Dee Snyder, and so are you going to encounter that kind of resistance because you're not doing what's in the past, and how do you sort of overcome that if you are? Um, I don't. Okay. Um, I, I say, okay, cool, and I go, uh, go down to my, be- to my house in the Caribbean and just stay on the beach. Uh, I'm giving it my, uh, my all, but I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to, and this is funny, because I, I told the publicist, this is the interviews I didn't want to do. Sorry, Mitch. Uh, oh, my this, apologies. This, so, yeah, this is like the, uh, this is the, the heavy metal interviews, you know, where you've so got to defend yourself and, and uh, explain yourself. And, well, okay, then uh, we, can you move, know. we can move away from that. I've got plenty of stuff on this here. Yeah, because it's like, because this is, and you can play this. I don't want to, I'm not... I'm not here. To, I'm not, you know, uh, doing this project to defend what I, what I'm doing to exp, uh, to explain. Other than explain, well, I, I will explain myself. I, I, that you know, that look, this is what but matters. It, no, it, this okay. is what matters, and I and I will and I'll exp, uh, explain motivation. The realization that now more than ever, people need the D. Snyder message. The message I've always saying: believe in yourself, fight for what you believe, up, believe in, stand up for what you believe in, freaking rebel. Uh, the world is a mess. What's going on internationally, politically, uh, you know, and, and, and socially, on so many levels, uh, it, it's a mess. And I believe that's because the, the true majority out there, which are the people in the middle, have not stood up and made their voices heard. So in the United States, we get an election with a Hillary and a Trump as the choices. Two, the two most disliked people in the history of American politics. Number one and number two, with a bullet. Uh, those are our choices. We've allowed that to happen. And so even though I'm at a place in my life where uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy and successful and, and I, you know, I've got nothing to prove, if I am a voice for people, if I can inspire people, to to rise up and fight back and make their voices heard if there's a need for that and this is how I can achieve it by playing a more mainstream rock and roll and getting my message out there then I'm down for that and when I started this record that's when the whole election cycle started this two-year process that's when I started working on this music started working with Damon and it's been gone hand in hand we are the ones who've gone hand in hand with what's been going on in the world and what's been going on in American politics yeah and 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 it, it's strange also, you look at a band like U2 or an artist like Madonna or Prince, they're allowed, or even David Bowie, they're allowed and expected to reinvent themselves on every album, and yet you look at Kiss, you look at Twisted Sister, and fans go, oh, no, 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 don't you dare. And it, well, thank you for appreciating that. And, you know, and, and, and my only hope for that, and again, but that isn't the reason for leaving Twisted, you know, and you know that, uh, I mean, Twisted, I, I love the guys, I love the legacy, proud of it. Uh, I've just crossed the finish line, man. I've been running a, a I've been running a crazy marathon for 40 years, and it's really it, it ain't easy to keep up the level of, of, of performance. And so, if people go, "Are you sad?" I go, "You know, yes, but I'm I'm happy because I've been you know I've been just like I said I've been I've crossed the finish line. I'm crossing Saturday. I will cross the finish line, and I've successfully done it in one piece. I've not lowered my standards, I have not disappointed my audience uh, uh, with my performances, and I'm walking off that stage, well, hopefully, I hope I'm not jinxing myself, I'm not being carried off the stage or limping off the stage. Um, so that was the, the, you know, that was, 
purely the Ed of Twisted Sister, but with uh, Damon's challenge, I knew this wasn't something I could do within Twisted Sister. Some people said, well, why don't you do all new music with Twisted Sister? As you just said, that's never, that is no chance of being accepted. So I thought, may, I think maybe if there's any chance people will accept new music from D. Snyder that's not Twisted Sister, it'll be as D. Snyder. Um, but there's a fair chance that that won't be accepted either because I certainly, you know, have like sort of defined myself uh, and I'm, I'm the driving force behind Twisted Sister. So many people say, well, you are Twisted Sister. So with the makeup, with the costume, with the name or not, you're still Twisted Sister. So we'll see. So, so, so you mentioned the word fair. So the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act, um, and, I'm gonna, and I'm not trying to be a devil's advocate. I'm trying to understand, and maybe you can explain this to me. In the old days, 70s, 80s, and before, AM radio and FM radio played songs from albums and paid artists nothing. A penny, half a penny, two no, pennies. No, nothing. Zero. Right. Flat and, and, zero. and now we got to the point where we've got YouTube and Spotify, and they go, well, they're not paying us. And it's like, well, okay, but how is it different from then? And, and of course, I'm not saying two wrongs make a right, because they don't. So what exactly are you trying to accomplish with this act, or, or having, you know, we're not going to take it, sort of be, I don't want to say the voice of it, but associated with it, um, and sort of take the stupid out of me and explain what's going on here. Well, uh, you're, you're a little uninformed, which is... Um, On purpose. That's part, no, no, that's part of the problem. Right. It, it, part of the problem is, you know, um, terrestrial radio, that's AM, FM radio in the United States. I don't know how it applies to Canada, so, and I'm sure it doesn't. You guys have very different rules up there. Um, I've not paid in the history of terrestrial radio. I've never played, paid the artist even a fraction of a cent. Okay, zero. The rest of the world, Europe, outside the world, they pay, radio pays the artists, okay? Spotify and all these other, and uh, Pandora and all these other outlets, they actually pay a fraction of a cent. It's, a, it's, it's, it's so minimal. I believe that, that Psy, that guy, that Korean guy who was at uh, uh, Gangnam Style, uh, he got paid for a billion plays, a billion he got $60,000 from Spotify. Um, so you can only imagine what a band with a 1,000 plays is getting. Okay? <laughs> Do the math. So it's not much, but they pay something. Um, now, uh, so the, Grammy, the Grammys have been trying campaigning for many years now to get terrestrial radio to at least pay something. Because not only would that recognize the value of the uh, the artists, uh, what they're, that they're actually, you know, they're 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 giving the, the content for the radio stations, but all the there's there's monies that are being being collected, hundreds of millions of dollars that have been collected and are sitting in banks that are owed to American artists for airplay outside the U.S. But the countries outside the U.S. will not release the funds until there's reciprocal agreement with American radio because their artists aren't being paid. So everybody in the world is paying artists and recognizes it except the United States. And the United States isn't paying anybody. And if the United States radio would acknowledge the artists deserve to get something, the rest of the world will release monies that are sitting there already in banks for American artists, and money will flow both ways. 
but radio stations have 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 stood by that it is promotion, and they've said it's promotion uh, since day one. That and and to which I respond, yeah, Led Zeppelin needs promotion. You know, Fleetwood Mac needs your radio promotion. These these classic rock stations, their their foundation is on multi platinum records, who don't need any promotion. The fact that their music is well known is why they use the music, is that everybody tunes in to hear songs they know. So anyway, this is the Fair Pay, Fair Play Act and and why it is so important. But isn't some of the initial problem, though, with recording contracts where a young band sort of does a, a work for hire and, and the record company says, we'll give you $10,000, and the band goes, yeah, 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 sure, 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 and then, you know, 30 years later, they go, oh, man, we, we didn't see that that was going to have value. Is, no, is there I some mean, artist no. responsibility? That, no, there's okay. uh, none. It's, okay. it's, it, radio is completely independent, and um, the artist has been at the mercy of uh, terrestrial radio stations. Satellite radio pays something. So everybody, every other outlet, you know, no matter how small the amount is, and it is, is, it is infinitesimal, and it's a joke in and of itself uh, how much they, little they pay, but they've all acknowledged that the artist deserves something for their product except the terrestrial radio which has held fast since marconi inv- marconi well it's arguable that tesla actually yeah, invented radio and that's another discussion but since the radio was invented that day they in the united states only they've said no 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 we're not paying the artists for the product we're doing them a favor and it's strange because I, I do know in Canada it's a lot different. You know the uh, the CMR, the CMMRA, the camera, uh, Canadian Music, whatever rights. They really uh, keep a good eye on that, and you have to fill in all kinds of forms. And, and, and it's unfortunate that the states does that to their artists. And it, it, Canada is incredible with its support of the arts and the artists and its and Canadian artists. I have nothing but the highest regard and respect for how. Canadian government uh, and people have supported uh, and you know and, and just encouraged and protected their people their their artists you know and with restrictions on you know what can be played and can't be played but it's all been with the interest of protecting your you know Canadian artists and and musicians and that's just incredible bravo yeah, yeah l- l- so let me ask you I was going to ask you a twisted sister question but l- l- let me skip that for now. Do the states do enough to protect and promote their, their the culture and the arts? And you know, in Canada, we we still have music in schools. And you go to Denmark or to Sweden, and there's music in schools, and they give out instruments. And the, are you are are the states wrong in not fostering musical uh, education and not supporting artists with radio play and 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 things like that? They're absolutely wrong. Now they they would argue that you know somehow art. The flower manages to grow in the junkyard. You know what I mean? Like somehow it thrives and survives. But how much greater would it be if it was encouraged and nurtured and protected? How much? How to use the garden analogy? How much? How, how many more flowers would we have? And how would it, how would it flourish if uh, if it had you know some some protection and help and on on every level? You know. So yeah, it's 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 a shame. I mean, I've, I've, you know, done things, you know, I did a, I did a, 
there was a big music gathering in uh, in the New York area. It's actually uh, all the high schools got together, and it was uh, to bring attention to the plight of the music programs in schools in the United States. And it's like the, the arts are the first thing that are cut when there are budget cuts. It's never sports. And I said, look, as a rock and jock, uh, who's as much a fan of sports as I am of all the arts, I recognize the need for both of them. I said, well, what is the difference between the arts department, art department, and music departments, and the, and the athletic departments? If they try to cut the athletic departments, the athletic departments and the families raise holy hell, holy hell, while the arts kind of go, oh, okay, oh, it sucks. You know, they whine and complain, but they don't fight. And again, this goes back to the we are the ones. We're not going to take it. You know, they, people are too silent, and they sit by too silently and are too willing to allow people on the either extreme, the left or the right, to drive the crazy bus. You know, and we've got to take back some control and fight for the things that matter to us. And the arts are something, and the arts are freaking important. Yeah, and, and, and as a Canadian, I appreciate the irony in the thing because America's greatest export has been Hollywood, has been the Sunset Strip and, and the music from that era, has been all these, has been art. That, I mean, that's when you go to wherever it is, Syria, Iran, or France, or whatever, they talk about, you know, the new Iron Man movie. And that's the first thing you're cutting, and it's, it's, it's yeah, peculiar. Yeah, it is. And, and, and they will use, and you're absolutely right, and, but they will use that as an argument of defense. They say, see, they're doing just fine without us. You know, without the budget in the school and without the pro, without the uh, you know, the film program and the art program and the music program, it's like it doesn't you know it hasn't stopped us from being the number one power, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, so that that's their argument. But again, I just say, how much greater, how much more amazing would it be if it wasn't so difficult for students to get instruments, or students to get lessons, or students to you know, to, to develop their, their talents. And, and, of course, the arts develops all kinds of mental skills and math skills, but we can debate that all day. Uh, I would be remiss if we just didn't quickly touch upon the final show. Um, are you sort of emotionally prepared for that, for, for, for standing out there the last time, knowing that this is it? You know what? I, I, I think I am, but as, you know, I'm, I leave uh, for Mexico tomorrow, and then we play on Saturday night, and then that's the last show. And, um, uh, and I'm, you know, my brain is like thinking, I go on, you know, wow, it's really here. You know, it's, it's really, this is really it. Cause I, you know, unlike some of my peers like Scorpions or Judas Priest who had no intention of retiring or Ozzy or Bowie or Tina, I mean, <laughs> the list is long and inglorious. Yes. Uh, the yeah, who, Kiss, all these, all yeah, these, yeah. Things. Um, you, right, you know, I mean, so I don't know. Do they tell themselves they really believe it when they're uh, when they're up there waving farewell that they're actually gone, or are they is it a ploy from day one, or they like they can you know uh, I don't know what they think, but I know that this is you know very real um, for me, and um, uh, you know um, I don't know you know uh, when I'm in the moment, it's always been. You put your head down and and rock as hard as you can and uh, get to the finish line, get get to the end of the set. You know, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it like, you know, I view my view my performances like a, a, a Olympic runner, and they're they're running and they're going for the gold, 
and they're running as hard as they can, and their lungs are burning, and they're, and they're running out of breath, and their legs are killing them, and, and, but they push themselves, and you see them, they get across the line, and they practically collapse. That's the effort that any real pro puts into what they do, and that's what I put in. I work so hard it hurts. So it's not pleasurable for me during the process, uh, but it feels amazing when I, uh, when I cross the line, I throw my hands in the air, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I crushed it. But Saturday will be the last time that I do that in that fashion. Because I continue, plan on continuing to play solo, but there's not a headbanging song on this new record. I've been in rehearsals. I felt no. I I've not written songs to headbang because my neck is shot. <laughs> I I have not written songs to thrash to. I have not written songs to throw my body on the ground and roll on the floor or crawl to. Um, so my performing style, while still energetic and still uh, intense, is not going to be physical on that level where I'm in pain before, during and after the shows. So, um, uh, so uh, it's a, Saturday will be the last. The point is, am I ready? Am I, ready? Yeah. I, I think so. I've been looking to get to the finish line, but at the same time, it's going to be poignant. Yeah, it, it, and it'll cap a great career. Um, just Since you mentioned the pain and stuff, has it become more difficult to perform, you know, because we all get older and we all, you know, my shoulders hurt, my back hurts. Can you still have that same level of performance or are you really starting to sort of feel your age at this time, at this point? Well, it, um, anybody who, I'll tell you to the listeners, who read my book knows I talked about this, how in my 20s uh, I would crawl out of bed every day and just literally crawl to a tub and, and, and fall in a hot bathtub and soak my body every single day. That, so I keep reminding myself, this is nothing new. You know, my, my, I always push myself to the breaking point. I always perform to the point where it hurt. And so the fact that it hurts, um, it still it hurts. I don't view it as much as age as, as I view it as much my style. This said... Um, you know, I've already had knee surgeries, throat surgeries, shoulder surgeries, um, some things from uh, performing, some things from just working out and, and being, you know, in, uh, being a physical, an you know, athletic kind of guy. Um, I've got, you know, uh, limited range of motion with, on my neck now. I have limited range of motion on my shoulder. Um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, so, I, I mean, I've, uh, there's, there's things that, you know, are just, are just wearing out. And so um, the pain has been always been a constant for me. But, um, you know, like I said, the stuff's wearing out. And I, I want to walk off. While I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to finish when I can no longer do it. If, if it wasn't for certain surgeries, I wouldn't be able to do it as long as I've been doing it, my, my knee surgery for one. Um, you know, Paul Stanley would have had two hip replacements. Uh, you know, so people keep going thanks to, uh, you know, the advancements in medical science when we would have been stopped in our tracks years ago. But, you know, um, I, I just, you know, uh, I don't know. Is, is, there, is there some things that are natural? Uh, that, yes, certain things are attributable, attributable to age for sure. Yeah, and I see that, that it's one thirty, so you got to get going. Um, always a pleasure, and, and hopefully the interview ended better than it started for you, but there you go. It is what it is. We, we do our best. <laughs> do the best uh, look, we can. <laughs> look at this. Is, I just, 
these these are the questions that that you and that means the the metal audience want to want to ask and they want answers they want to know and i just said you know i'm not going i'm not doing this to uh defend myself i'm doing this because i'm doing a new album because i feel challenged and i see a place for me at least message wise um and ultimately the fans will decide and you know and like you, and like you said like i have i have i have two paths in my mind one is to and uh, you know is to continue on down this path and to tour and to do more music and do new albums and to keep working this end of it and to that result uh, and and I'm, I'm giving you a couple extra minutes here Mitch um you know, they say, well, what, what's, you know, what are you looking for, a million-selling record? I said, no, I'm looking for signs of life. I'm looking for, just like when Twisted Sisters started out, when we first showed up places, trust me, it wasn't a room full of people going, yay. It was a, most of the room going, what the F? You remember, we predate Motley Crue and predate Rat and predate Poison and all those bands. And they were going, what the hell is that? But there was always a certain portion of the room that was going, yeah. I love this. So I'm looking for some passion from to my to find my audience, and so and so I'm just looking for that signs of life. So if I see that, yeah. if I see that in sales, I see that in reaction, I see that in attendance at shows I do, um, then I'm going. You know what? I'm going to keep on keeping on. But if I just see like you know this, there's rebuked. I'm rebuked. Yeah, you're D. Snyder, and you need to to stay D. Snyder and Twisted Sister. I go. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'll tell you this, that, that wasn't, I'll, I'll just say this before we hang up, that wasn't the arc of the interview I was trying to create, I was, my, my, I was trying to get to the end game of being, an artist should be free to create the art that they want to make, and that's what an artist is supposed to be, and isn't it sort of a shame that artists themselves sometimes put themselves, like ACDC will never do a jazz album because they have to be ACDC, and at some point I find that regretful because it would be nice to see what those guys could do outside of their box and because it could be interesting and sometimes uh, it works uh, and sometimes it's a no. fail you know yeah and i appreciate and and you know i'm sorry to jump on you back there but no, i okay. i appreciate that you appreciate that it is an ongoing frustration throughout the history of but it seems to be more with metal you know more with heavy bands which is, as I, you know, you was mentioning Madonna and Bowie and, you know, artists who have changed their style and, and people, you know, go, oh, cool, you know, within their, within, within other mainstream rock world. But in the metal world, you know, uh, Metallica does Load, which was an incredible album. And some people were screaming, oh, are you kidding? That was a, yeah, it wasn't Metallica, but it was a great record. They were trying to expand. Um, one of my favorite Motorhead records is Another Perfect Day. Uh, and it, but it's not a Motorhead record in the traditional sense, and people hated it, you know. Um, so and so many bands who have tried to uh, heavy bands who have tried to go and 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 deviate from what was expected of them have gotten gotten just hostile response from True. their fans. True, but I, I'll say this about the fans though in metal. Um, they're loyal to a fault. When they pick, when 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 Twisted Sisters their band or Motorhead is their band, they will stay with them 
forever. Whereas in the other ones, you know, you'll be a prince. As long as you don't try to do anything new. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) But but it's sort of of, um, give and take. Don't do anything new and we'll stay with you. But, you know, Prince will get some new fans. You know, there's ephemeral fans. Well, but then here's the here's the oddity on it. Right. Is is that. So all these bands, like Kiss, like Crew, like all of them, they make these new albums, these new old-sounding records, uh, you know, and they don't sell. Oh, they sell tens of thousands. But, and live, the band starts out the tour, and they're doing Psycho Circus Tour, and they've got two or three new songs in the set, and by the end of the, by the, end of the tour, it's down to one, and the next tour, you never hear a song from that set of the album again. Yeah. True. You know, it, it, it disappears. Alice Cooper every year does one. There's a new album. He plays one or two new songs, and the next year, that's gone. True. It, True. It, you know, Dirty Diamonds. You ever heard Dirty Diamonds in the set since Dirty Diamonds came out? No. That's because nope. And not. And this isn't a, a, a band. I'm not saying anything. It was a great record. The fans don't want it. It's the bathroom song. You know, I've, I've talked about that at length. It's the bathroom song. Oh, they're playing a new one. Let's go get a beer. But of, you know, of all uh, those artists that you mentioned, Alice Cooper is the one who has sort of changed or experimented the most. You listen to Dada, to Zipper Catch a Skin, to Billion Dollar Babies. We're not doing the same thing. He, he's gotten away with it, I guess, is the words for no, it. No, he's right? not. Well, so how much of that material is any of it is in uh, that wasn't successful is in his, his live set? Well, I don't, I don't think nothing from Poison Dada. Poison and, 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 uh, and uh, the, the one about the bed burning, uh, whatever, the other one, Fire, uh, Poison and the other song that he had from the 80s. Those two songs were in a set, and they were million-selling records. You know, other than that, it's, you know, it's, it's the old House stuff. of Fire, anyway, I think, right now. House of anyway, Fire. Anyway. I was getting confused with Midnight Oil. Yeah, me All too. Right. <laughs> I got to jump, man. It was great talking to you, Mitch. I'll talk to you again sometime. Cheers. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks, my interview with Dee Snyder. The new album is We Are the Ones. Uh, you can never go wrong when talking or listening to Dee Snyder. There you go, folks. That was another great, great episode, another great chat for me. Uh, please check me out on Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, one-on-one, Mitch LaFon on Facebook, paypal.me forward slash, should you care to support the podcast. And please don't forget to head over to talkingmetal.com, find the podcast there. You can now leave comments, so please do that. And there you go. That's it, folks. We're done. Bye for now. Oh, my.